are listening to the Five Points Church Planting Podcast, where two church planters try to make one good point. My name is Reed, and I'm the intern pushing all the buttons. In episode two, we're going to meet our two resident church planters. So let's dive in. How you doing today, Hunter? John, I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. Just uh, grinding it out like every other week, right? Has it started snowing in North Dakota? No, not yet. Well, you can have our humidity down here in the Memphis area. <laughs> All right. What are we doing today, Hunter? Well, we're maybe not undertaking the most exciting podcast, but we think it's important that our audience understand who we are and where we came from and our interest in church planting and where we're planting. So mm-hmm. today we're going to we're going to talk about who is John St. Martin. That's our focus for today on the Five Points Church Planting Podcast. Mm, sounds kind of uh, philosophical for me. Some identity things coming up, right? Well, just keep, those, just keep those difficult childhood <laughs> issues at bay if you, if you can. So, uh, John, I want to begin with something that for me is very interesting. The Presbyterian Church in America is in 49 states. There is one state where it does not exist and you are attempting to tackle that problem. So tell me, how did you end up church planting in Fargo, North Dakota? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'll tell you a little bit broader than that. So I'm, I'm in a presbytery. I came under care of our presbytery back before I went to seminary. It's called Siouxlands Presbytery. It includes Minnesota, North Dakota, and South Dakota. I grew up in Minnesota. And as we've sought to uh, find other church planters for opportunities, people to serve as campus ministers at our colleges, uh, it is very difficult to convince any uh, Southerner person to move to places like Minneapolis or St. Cloud, Minnesota, and especially when you say the word Fargo, North Dakota. In fact, uh, as I began telling people we were going to plant a church in Fargo, most of the people across our denomination, when they heard that, their immediate response was to laugh. Like, my, my city that I live in is like a gimmick. <laughs> it's a novelty to people. Yeah. So, do you think that's because of the movie on some level? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the only category people have for it, the ridiculous uh, accent and all that. But, yeah, so the short story is uh, I grew up in our presbytery as a ministerial student uh, connected to our presbytery. I didn't, I didn't grow up in the PCA. But, um, and as we were looking for an opportunity to church plant, um, our presbytery had been putting together a plan to plant a church collectively. They'd never really done that before. And so um, looking at the map with our three states, North Dakota had no, no churches in it. And Fargo is the biggest city in North Dakota by far. And so that became the obvious starting point as a, as a presbytery to kind of get together. Nobody is really, uh, you know, planting a daughter church or benefiting because it's near them. But this is like strategic church planting in a place where we know there's a need. And so um, by the time I, I had finished my education and, and felt called to church planting and began pursuing opportunities, uh, I was the only person to ever reach out. And right. so uh, pretty easy sell to get the guy from Minnesota to come. Uh, they knew me and it, it just uh, in the Lord's providence, it, it was a no brainer for us when we came and visited. It felt like home culturally, pretty similar to where we grew up. And so uh, excited to come back and come back to our home presbytery and um and really the idea of planting a church uh, where the need is obvious, 49 states out of 50, uh, 
it was exciting. I think it's kind of a cool uh, way to let people know what we're doing and to to hopefully be a springboard for more ministry in our in our uh, in our region. So that's that's great. I'm thrilled that you're there. It's a wonderful thing that we can say fifty for fifty instead of forty nine out of fifty. That's that's great, and I'm glad the Lord has placed you and your family in Fargo. So you've mentioned Minnesota. You've mentioned a little bit about your past. Tell me about where you grew up and, and your family. Yeah, so uh, I'm uh, the youngest of seven kids. And so uh, that means I was either a homeschooler or I grew up Roman Catholic. <laughs> and so I grew up Roman Catholic. Uh, but uh, that was in the suburbs of Minneapolis, a town called Brooklyn Park. Um, lived a pretty typical life for kids in my area. Um, didn't really have much interest in the things of God. Um, you know, I was forced to go to church every week as a kid. And by the time I was a teenager, uh, at the first chance I ran away, uh, lived a pretty godless life for uh, middle school and high school. But, um, but yeah, I grew up in, in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. Um, ended up going to college in Mankato, Minnesota, which is in the southern part of the state. And it was uh, during my time in Mankato that uh, the Lord really uh, called me to faith and repentance and, uh, and had a pretty kind of radical conversion from, from just crazy party kid to uh, street evangelist down at the bars on Friday night. So um, that's, that's a quick synopsis of kind of how I got into the faith. Uh, my, my wife and I, we got married while we were in college there and we stayed in Mankato for about nine years. Uh, I worked in retail management with my business degree I got. And then uh, for a few years, I owned and operated a small painting company and uh, started a campus ministry doing Bible study in the dorms uh, back at my alma mater. So uh, that was, that was kind of, that's kind of our adult home. So we grew up in the Twin Cities. We lived in more of this regional college town for nine years as a, as a newly married couple. That's where we had our first two kids. That's where we joined a PCA church and, and really began to be mentored and discerning a call to ministry. And so uh, our roots are, are in Minnesota, and uh, that's, that's just uh, the place we call home. So. so, John, you're called to ministry, and you went to seminary. Tell us about your seminary experience and also how that relates to church planning. Yeah, so uh, I actually began my seminary education online. Uh, through RTS Global, and um, that was more difficult than I would have thought in terms of just having structure and deadlines. You can actually pay money to extend your deadlines at RTS online, so <laughs> it got more expensive the more uh, procrastinating I was. Yeah, that so. would be a, that would have been a cash cow <laughs> if they had if if I had had to go that route. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, so it was through Reformed Theological Seminary. Uh, I think technically I was out of the Orlando campus. Um, but I took a few classes there while I was at my church doing campus ministry, being mentored by the, by the pastor there. And we went and looked at all, all the RTS campuses, but, uh, ultimately, uh, we really liked the idea of living on campus and being somewhat close to home. And so we ended up at Covenant Theological Seminary in St. Louis, spent three years there to finish up our degree, lived on campus. That was kind of a fun, uh, it's really la la land at Covenant Seminary. If you live on campus, you have 36 apartments surrounding a playground and all these little kids are just knocking on your door all day to have tea parties. It's uh, it's pretty fun for your kids to, to be there. But um, Covenant was a great place for uh, my call to church planting. One of the first classes you take there, 
is called Spiritual and Ministry Formation, and it's really trying to help you figure out how you're wired, what your gifts are, um, what type of ministry you might do well in. And so from that early onset, I kind of got put into the church planter pipeline, uh, having started a business and a campus ministry. Um, it was pretty pretty quick for all the church planting gurus on campus to <clears throat> to grab me and and tell me God's wonderful plan for my life. So um, we we took that step by step. Covenant has uh, you know ministry lunches where church planters and networks would come and talk about opportunities. Uh, took a class on church planting with uh, a planters, kind of an elective. Uh, one weekend, I went up to Chicago with a group of students to visit with church planters there. And so we kind of went through all these little steps and each, you know, each step we took, it was more encouragement, more affirmation. Uh, we went through a weekend kind of a assessment thing where my wife and I spent a day or two with some church planters and shared about ourselves and what we would see ourselves doing. And, and they kind of gave us the green light to go do some internships. And then uh, that's really when we started getting connected back home. So we did two summer internships in seminary uh, at in a church in St. Paul, Minnesota called City Life. And they had recently particularized pretty new church. Um, and so now I'm coming back home over the summers. I'm, I'm getting connected in the presbytery. We're really thinking about church planting. Uh, during one of those internships, uh, the pastor there actually recommended that we take a weekend trip up to Fargo, check it out, see if it's something that we would want to consider. And so, um, yeah, I mean, every step of the way at Covenant Seminary, there was plenty of opportunities. There were a lot of guys that worked for the denominational agency, Mission to North America, which kind of oversees a lot of the church planting. They would just hang out in the student center, uh, take you out for lunch, buy you a cup of coffee. Um, and so I, I did that a lot, met with a lot of those guys. And so um, those were all helpful um, steps along the process as the Lord was leading us in this direction. John, you were planting in Fargo. You're from Minnesota. You've talked about your childhood and seminary experience. What life experiences have played into this church plant in Fargo? What life experiences have prepared you for what you have been called to do? Yeah, no, it's, it's a good question. I, when I tell people that we came to Fargo and it's similar to where we, we came from, it, it's very different than Minneapolis, right? It's a North Dakota in general is very different than Minnesota in terms of some of its culture. But um, at the end of the day, I grew up Roman Catholic and my wife grew up Lutheran. We have a lot of shared, you know, kind of cultural values just assumed in the background. And so uh, I, I often call North Dakota the land of Lutherans. I mean, everybody here has some connection to a Lutheran church, a lot of mainline Lutheranism here. And so uh, to go back to the people that grew up similar to us, similar kind of churches, mainline Lutheran church, Catholic church, there's lots of Catholics here as well. Um, just, it made a lot of sense. And, um, and as we were discerning called church planting, um, the idea that, you know, we had run a business and started a campus ministry and um, those things, as much as church planting is teaching and preaching and running Bible studies, uh, you know, you have to work through incorporating an organization and uh, planning a budget and paying bills and opening, and all those things are super easy for me to just go ahead and execute on it. The, uh, the business side of it comes easy to me. And so those things have been, been good. And also I think in general, there's a, a certain person, you know, most church planters that they're able to see 
see what needs to be made in order to, to actually execute to get to it. And so, you know, having done that with a business, having done that with a campus ministry, coming into a church, it's completely different than those things. But at the end of the day, we have a goal in mind. We have a destination. We have a vision for what we want to do. And so then you're kind of working back from that and setting up all the little uh, steps along the way to get there. So, John, on a lighter side, people often ask me, what do you do in your spare time? And I think every church planner wants to say, what is spare time? But I'm going to ask you the question in your spare time. Oh, you know, I got all this spare time. I only work one day a week, right? We're pastors. That's right. Totally. um, No, you know, I have a lot of kind of hobbies that have maybe fallen off a little bit, um, just being an adult in general. But I used to play a lot of disc golf. So if I get an opportunity to go out and hit the disc golf course. It's a fun way to just get some lazy exercise. I'm not somebody that wants to run. I once bought a road bike. I don't (laughs) want to ride a bike that fast for that long. Uh, I don't want to go up a hill on a bike. So uh, leisurely activities, activities that don't cause me to be, you know, too, too uh, worked out. Right. And so things like that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a father with three kids. Sure. Um, And so just going out and doing things with our kids, playing in the yard, playing basketball. I coach, coach um, some of my kids' sports. Um, yeah, and other than that, you know, I play guitar pretty badly. So um, <laughs> most nights I'll, I'll grab one of our bulletins from our church and uh, open it up. It has our hymns kind of printed in it, and I'll, I'll play some music at home, and, and we'll sing those songs, and um, I, I enjoy being able to continue to do that. I also used to be a skateboarder, and right. uh, so I have a, an annual uh, – challenge for myself i i go to my garage and i get my skateboard and uh and i stand on it and try as many times as i need to to land a kickflip mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. year so every year right. i can say I, I can still kickflip on a skateboard there so you go. Uh, that's about i got a pretty boring uh hobby list right now but uh, just a busy father uh trying to love my kids and be involved sure. in their life and yeah sure that's great all right so john you're a church planner you're also a pastor and pastor's have libraries, pastors love books. What is a book that has been, or books, that have been influential and helped you as a pastor and church planter? Really, I think of the church planting side of it, there's there's not a huge amount of, of books I would say are my go-to resources. Um, if anything, the execution of ministry is is the easy side for me. Um, it's more the, the spiritual uh, battle that we're in, just remaining dependent on the Lord, understanding my call as a pastor. Um, so one that I got in seminary that I commend to every pastor I talk to is called The Imperfect Pastor by Zach Eswine, um, which is just a, a calling out of the temptation of pastors to want to do things big, fast, and famous. Sure. Uh, that's and a so, good one. so that's, that's a really great book, a very life-giving book to me to just uh, be reminded of how God operates and uh, but that that was an introduction to me then. He's actually kind of a big Eugene Peterson um, reader. And so I, I find it so relaxing. I don't know, so encouraging, comforting to pick up. You know, like the con- contemplative pastor is one right. by Eugene Peterson. Sure. Uh, just read a chapter out of that. Uh, those, those are the places where I find uh, rest, I guess, if you will, reminders, encouragement. And so uh, that's, that's what I need. I, c- I can go and build things, but uh, to, to do them in my own strength is, is a great uh, a failure. So I, I continually need the reminder on the other side of things. Oh, those are good words. John, you're 
into your first church plant, if you could go back to John St. Martin at Covenant Seminary, what words of wisdom would you give yourself? Yeah, so uh, certainly related to those books, you know, just uh, working on uh, having a, a real strong foundation of, of devotion in the Lord and uh, caring for my family well uh, are definitely things, you know, we're, we're out here planting on our own. And so really all we have is the Lord and each other. And so uh, wanting to lean in those things um, to, to have fostered a lot more intentional discipline, I think would have, would have helped us well. Um, but, you know, in addition to that, I was very eager to get out onto the field. Uh, in fact, we ended up doing an apprenticeship, which was, I got the minimum. I said, what's the minimum I have to do? And, uh, once we got here, I realized, you know, it probably would have been good for me to do three, four, five years serving a church, uh, longer than I did. I was, uh, naively optimistic, uh, to, to think that I was already prepared and knew how to do everything. So, uh, if you're a, if you're a potential church planter out there and uh, you don't have a great amount of experience, know that three years of an apprenticeship or five years as an assistant pastor isn't a waste of time. It's going to pay you massive benefits and dividends uh, once uh, the ball falls into your hands. John, one of the things that I think people want to better understand are the different kinds of church plants that exist the setting that I'm in is different than the setting that you're in. You're in a scratch plant situation. Can you tell us more about that? A scratch plant, sometimes people call it a parachute plant. Uh, that's where essentially you get called by either a church or a presbytery to uh, just get dropped into an area, uh, jump out of the plane with your parachute and, uh, and go ahead and start a church. Uh, that's that's a very different dynamic than, say, what they often refer to as a daughter church, where uh, the church on the other side of town wants to plant a church in the you know the new suburb or wherever area, inner city, want to do something nearby, and they send you some people, maybe some leadership. Um, so yeah, we're in the parachute plant world. So we moved to Fargo um, with no core group. There was no people holding a Bible study waiting for us to come. Um, in fact, our closest PCA congregation, uh, that's actually my oversight, is about three and a half hours away from us. And so uh, we moved to a place where there weren't already members coming with us. There was no you know, structure in place and, and really started from scratch. That's what I call a scratch plant. So uh, the first year was meeting people, going out for coffee, having lunches, bringing people into our home for dinner. Um, it's, it, it's a starting with nothing and building from the ground up which has great advantages because um, you don't inherit uh, maybe a, a culture that's already there. And at the same time uh, you have to build it. So there's, there's a lot of challenge that comes with that. If anything, um, the more I'm here, the longer I'm here, we've been here for two years now. Uh, we're finally starting to feel like we have some community, um, but the isolation, the very much being alone, uh, the not seeing other pastors and elders face to face, uh, it was a lot more difficult than maybe I had anticipated. Um, but at the same time, uh, we just, we felt called to this and, you know, things like the, uh, church planter assessment center, they wouldn't have sent us out or approved us to go without some understanding that, uh, we could at least survive here. <laughs> right. Sure. And so, so yeah, you know, on, on the spectrum of, of planter to pastor, 
um, I, I like the idea of going out and starting things, um, you know, jumping in, being able to kind of take the lead. And so that's been, it's been fun to do that. Um, but it's been real challenging. It's uh, it's a different kind of animal to, to, to take on. And, um, but now we're past that point and really we're kind of at the point now where it would be like a daughter plant where we have a, a committed group of people and, and now we're trying to build on that and uh, get towards um, establishing as a, as a congregation. John, an interesting fact about you that's also correlated to me, and this is very rare. There is a family in your core group in Fargo, North Dakota, that was in my core group in Madison, Mississippi. That's, there's an unusual tidbit of information or a fact that is of some interest, at least I guess maybe we think it is interesting. No, I mean, that's, that's phenomenal to think somebody would live in Mississippi and now live in Fargo, North Dakota. It's just, uh, are you saying, are you saying why would anyone live in Mississippi? Is that what you meant there, John? We'll leave that up to interpretation. (laughs) Uh, but, uh, no, I, and you know, what's great about that is, you know, part of this podcast, we're hoping to encourage uh, just normal people that are in church plants. And I'll tell you that family having been part of a church plant in a very different place, very different context, very different pastor. Um, they're just, they've been such a blessing to us. They, they've jumped in. They know what it's like to be part of a church plant. They are uh, ready to serve uh, all in from day one. And so it's been a, uh, it's been great to have them. I think that might've been the first connection we have ever made with one another hunters that uh, correct. Uh, they reached out to me and said, Hey, we know you're planting a PCA church. We used to be part of one. Do you know Hunter? And I think that's how we got connected initially. Right. So it's kind of that's fun. That's right. Well, John, you're a great guy and it's been fantastic learning about you and thank you so much for your feedback. We really appreciate it. And I hope that it helps people as this podcast continues better understand where we're coming from when we ask questions and we interview people and we discuss topics that pertain to church planning and church multiplication. Amen. Yeah, it's been good. I'm looking forward to the the weeks ahead. All right, that's the last word for now. We want to thank everyone for listening. If you want to reach out to us, you can on Twitter and Facebook at the number five points planting, or send us an email to five points church planting. It's the number five at gmail.com. We'll see y'all next week. <laughs>